Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hi, welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. I am Janine Bolin, and today I have with me Dr. Renee Kessler, who has been kind enough to join us, and she is one of these amazing people who is a professor who has turned to entrepreneur, and this is where she and I really connect. We were both university professors. We both loved our students. We loved all the things that we did with that, and what I like is how she phrases this. I took the most favorite parts of being a professor and created a coaching and speaking practice. And I was like, what were you doing? Listening to me in the recesses of my mind? I'm like, that's exactly what I did. And we, we just started talking. It was wonderful. So she has taken her 40 plus years of outdoor adventure and climbing mountains. And she talks about it. She speaks about it. She helps people with leadership, team development, personal development. She has clients where she's always working with them to get that next step in their life or their business. She values that whole essence of desire that people have. When people really identify what they want out of life, she helps them live that in the fullness and the aliveness of everything that they are. And there's not very many coaches that can actually do that well. And she does that by leading by example. If you doubt me, go to Facebook or LinkedIn and check out her pictures of this woman running around the peaks at 14,000 feet like it's nobody's business. Anyway, she keeps saying, she keeps people from saying this, I shoulda, I coulda, I woulda. And she helps them navigate through their goals to the summits of their desires. So thank you so much. Wonderful having with you today, having you with us today, Renee. Oh, my pleasure, Janine. Thank you for the invitation. So to, you have this cute little book. Everybody loves this cute little book that you have, even though it's packed with wonderful principles. Tell us, tell us the title of that cute little book. Well, it is a cute little book, and it's called Itty Bitty, and that is the name <laughs> of the publishing company, but it's the Itty Bitty, the amazing Itty Bitty book, Achieving Your Potential, 15 Empowering Steps to Reach Each Summit. And notice I, it's, it, I don't say your summit, it's each summit because we all have multiple summits and you can refer to it as a goal, a calling, a desire, uh, an achievement of some sort. But because of my passion for climbing mountains, I use summit as a metaphor and a symbol of reaching whatever your potential is. And we don't know what our potential is until we step out, take some risks, go into the unknown and see where our potential will take us. But we have to be tested to get to wherever that potential is. So that's the title of my book, 15 well, Steps to Reach Each Summit. 
Right. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about your book is the fact that you talk to people in a language they totally can understand. And uh, we live here in Colorado. So it's very easy to understand when you talk about climbing summits, because there's always that fake summit, right? They're always like, okay, okay, you'll be on the trail, you'll be hiking up. Now, I'm not one of these people, I stay at 11,000 and below. Sorry, that's just the way I am. But I do hike to nine and 10,000 feet. And what's fun is people say, okay, there's a fake summit coming up. And so don't get too excited because there's still time, there's still ways to go. And I've always loved those sort of hikers that kind of cue you into don't get too excited and lose your momentum. So talk to us a little bit, if you don't mind, about what was the momentum in your life that made you decide to go from being a professor to this coaching business and then integrate your love of hiking? I just love that story. Yeah. It's a great question. And, you know, I think about it all the time and I feel, you know, very blessed to have this internal desire that doesn't want to stop. Um, I live by the moment of seize the moment. If there's an opportunity and I have a desire and I've got a, um, a motivation and I have something to give to other people, I don't want to sit in my house and watch TV hoping that somebody else out there is going to, to learn something because they won't unless I have the opportunity to share. And that's really the bottom line. You know, going from professor to entrepreneur uh, was a big step because I'm an educator. It's for, I was an educator for 30 years. So I use that language of research and syllabi and grading and that kind of lingo. But going from education to entrepreneur, the language changes, the mindset changes, but the output does not. In other words, if you're in the classroom, you are giving to students. It is about the student. It's not about you, the professor, standing up in front of the classroom and say, Ooh, look at me. It's about giving information and providing growth to them. And it's the same thing with business and coaching and speaking is it is about the audience, audience of one, audience of 500. It's always about the other people. So that part was easy for me to transition to and having that, that common mindset and that common theme among an educator and among a coach and, and speaker. So let's talk about that a little bit. Some of these tools that you bring with you to help, say, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs like yourself. You talk about these 15 summits that we walk through. What are, if you don't mind sharing with us, what are one or two or three uh, of these summits that you see over and over again in people who are just starting a business or maybe have only been in business a year? What are some of the summits that you see them having to walk? Are you referring to, this, to the steps in the book? Or, or the ones that you have seen in your own clients, because you've been doing this for several years now, and I've been watching you and your work, and it's been amazing to see how people respond. So I know that you're seeing patterns, and that's kind of what I'm asking about is those patterns. Okay. Well, I think, um, you know, the, the, the patterns or the summits have been always stepping out and taking the risks because it's not going to come to you. I didn't know the language. I didn't know what it meant to create a business. I was new at this. I was bumbling around for uh, a year. And you know, people do talk about when you retire from one place that you need some time to sort of settle in and sort of take in the landscape 
before you sort of jump into things. And that's essentially what I did first to try to sort of take a look at meet people and, and engage and, and network with people who are already in the business of coaching and speaking. So that was really helpful. But once one of the steps that, that really launched me was climbing my, the biggest peak I've ever climbed, which is in 2019. It was in Nepal, 20,300 feet, a very technical mountain, um, glaciers, uh, just a stunning day, but it took about 15 hours round trip to summit this peak. And I was so inspired by the will and the determination that I had unearthed in myself that I thought, you know, I can do anything. And, and I use that and remember that from that peak and many, many peaks that I've done over my lifetime. But within two weeks, I went to a workshop, met someone who was the author or the, the owner of Itty Bitty and, I said, I wanted to write a book and she said, okay. And I, in, with her help, I, you know, I came home, wrote the book, was still on fire from the summit that I had, that I had created. And then I was off. I was moving. I, I hired a coach and I'm a coach. So I hired a coach as well and put, pulled together a website and I reached out. I thought, here I go. This is what I want to do. But I was not sure what direction I wanted to go into. The biggest thing, if I could pr present some insight and some suggestion, is to go your own way. There are a zillion types of coaches out there and a zillion types of platforms that one could speak from or um, inspire other people, but it has to come from you. It can't be somebody else's speaking. It can't be somebody else's passion. It can't be somebody else's. And I remember looking around at all these other coaches and people who were speaking about certain things. And I thought, well, I could speak about that. I could talk about that. I know something about that. But for me, I'm a mountain girl. And that inspires me. And so everything around nature and, and I, I use as a metaphor to how I, how I work with people. Really, that's the bottom line. And that's one of the things that I think is one of the most valuable lessons about your personal story is the fact that when you really narrowed in on, look, I'm going to have to do this my way. And that means taking my camera up to, you know, 18,000 feet and snapping pictures and saying, this is what it looks like from up here. And at the same time, if you want a buddy that's going to help you get here, here I am. And it, being that guide for a business owner who has to conquer their fear of the unknown, because that's really what we all are challenged by is that uncertainty. We suffer from uncertainty because we are walking a path we have never walked before. It doesn't matter how many other coaches have walked the path. We, Like you say, you've got to do it your way, just like every hiker has to navigate the trail on their own. So if you don't mind talking just a little bit about navigating the trail, because you're having to make decisions moment by moment as you cling to a precipice. <laughs> So share with us a little bit about that, if you wouldn't, dear doctor. <laughs> yeah, in, in so much of nature, being in the outdoors and climbing mountains, there's so much uncertainty. You can only plan so much because the weather, the storms, 
the dynamics of the people in your group or your team that you're climbing with. There's so much uncertainty. And honestly, that's really helped me in during COVID because I didn't sort of fall apart when COVID came. And I know people do, and and um, but I really think it has to do with recognizing and feeling okay and unflappable about being in uncertain situations and being in unknown situations. So in navigating your direction, it's putting one foot in front of the other, taking a step and the scenery changes, taking another step, the scenery changes. People oftentimes talk about, well, wait, wait for a day before you make a decision. And I think there's something to that as well. Sometimes people immediately make a decision without taking some time to think about it and reflecting on and making some good judgments about where they want to go and what they want to do. So I think there's there's promise in the wait, not too long, but certainly not immediately. And I think that's really helpful. That has been really helpful for me in that process too, especially when you're really excited about something, you want to get something going and you want to start everything now, but you realize there's a lot of pullback if you make the decision too quickly in knowing which direction you need to go into. So I think that, that's really helpful. Definitely that waiting 24 hours on big expenditures, uh, waiting 24 hours before you launch uh, into a new program, that really helps you sit down and say, okay, is this really the right direction I want to go in? Because uh, as you have talked about in your hiking seminars, the things that may look like you're going backwards or actually giving you a chance to recoup your energy. So like with hookbacks and that sort of thing on a trail, talk to us a little bit about where you may be going in the exact opposite direction from the peak, but you're actually resting a bit and you're, you're getting the needed resources. So tell us a little bit about how you saw that in your own path. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, when I had uh, retired in my former job as a professor, I, I took some time just to take it all in, to, to sort of look around and meet people and those kinds of things. And that was really helpful. And in some ways I felt like I was spinning my wheels and maybe in some ways I might even felt like, where am I going? I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Maybe I'm going backwards and it feels that way. But that time is so valuable and um, important for people to take that time to not rush into things and really take it in and navigate the trail and look at the map and get a sense of where you're going and um, look at the big picture and then pull out your compass, which is really your internal compass that will guide you because that never lies. It, it will always take you in the right direction if you pay attention to your internal compass. The map is the big picture. The internal compass is the direction that your soul tells you to go. And that's the thing that, that I think really helps people in paying attention to that. And then storms come in, right? You know, trees across the trail. Now, what are you going to do? How are you going to get across that? The tree's too big. You're going to walk around it. You have to just go backwards and go around it. You know, a storm sets in. And now you're two days late because the storm hung in there for two days. Um, you know, so all of those metaphors that I have found in the outdoors are such great metaphors for people who 
na- trying to navigate their business or navigate their life every single day because there's storms, there are trees that fall over, there's a river that's raging and you can't possibly go across in that section. So you have to walk up and down the stream to find a good place, a safe place, a logical place to cross the stream without you being injured or anybody else. So it's it works for me and uh, I, certainly when I'm coaching and doing programs with people, it really is about um, painting a picture for them in those scenarios. And it just helps to make sense of where they're going and, and what they're doing. Well, and you also coach uh, about having a personal mission statement, not only for your life, but also in your business. Uh, share a little bit about that. Probably about um, 12 years ago, I took a Seven Habits of Highly Effective People workshop. And the second habit is titled, Begin with the End in Mind. And during that habit, they had the people, the facilitators had the people in the group write for about five minutes, put pen to paper without lifting your pen off your paper, And you are just writing, 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 writing. What is it that you want to do? What do you want your legacy to be? When you come to the point where you are dying or people are attending your funeral, what do you hope people will say about you? And what's the theme and the consistency? And so they build you up to sort of be thinking about what you want to do and who you are and and how you want to project yourself to the rest of the world. And um, that was an aha moment for me. So after five minutes, I wrote a couple of paragraphs and I thought, oh, that's me. That's exactly. But it wasn't a surprise to me because it's what I had been doing. But I had never put it on paper and articulated it to that degree. So from that point on, I kept narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing my mission statement down to the point where now it's just about six words. And it is to seek inspiration in order to ignite inspiration in others. Because I believe inspiration has power. And when you are inspired, or if I'm inspired, chances are it's going to motivate you to take the next step. But there's got to be somewhere in there, there's got to be an inspiration to something. And so um, I believe that mission statements help people in their future decisions is this the route that I want to go? If someone calls you up on the phone and said, would you like to speak about, mm, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? I always go back to my mission statement and say, ah, is this in line with where I want to go, who I am and what I want to do? Because that mission statement doesn't lie either. It tells you something about your direction. And it's it's really the foundation of your business, who you are, how you operate, and then really the the decisions that you make in the future. So I really do try to get uh, all my coaching clients to create a mission statement for their business. Sometimes they go hand in hand, personal and business. And sometimes they have two mission statements. What is it they want to, um, you know, what's the message they want people out in the world to see who they are as their business and then um, how they operate on a personal level as well. So really important. I can't imagine um, the most famous people in the world 
have mission statements. I mean, the Oprah's of the world and Jim Carrey's of the world. And I love Jim Carrey's mission statement. It's he, he um, what is it? It's like four words to free people from worry. And I think it's an amazing mission statement. So that makes sense for him because he's a comedian. So when people are listening to him or seeing some of his funny movies, who's worried about anything when you're laughing and, you know, think that his movies are great. So I think that's really simple, but it is a mission statement. It's not something you could just write overnight. It takes, can take years like mine did. I kept narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down till it became something that I can live with that I really uh, resonates with me. And it's one of those things that I know, Sometimes my, it depends on what business I was in since I've run over 17 businesses in my lifetime. And each business I had a mission statement, although I didn't call it that. It was like, really, what is it that this business is supposed to do? And then I would shut down the business or I would sell it when it had accomplished what I wanted it to do. And one of the fascinating things for me was how over the course of those 25 years of all those businesses was just how you're absolutely right they would get smaller and smaller. The mission statements would get smaller and smaller over the course of time. And then sometimes the, the mission statement would just pop into my head. I'd be washing the dishes or I'd be out in the garden watering and all of a sudden, boom, it would hit. And so there's that flash of inspiration sometimes on the mission statement. And sometimes it took a lot of active work. So it just depended on what I was doing and where I was headed. So, well, I'd like to kind of wrap it up. But before we go, you're working on a second book. Tell us a little bit about this manuscript that is currently being written upon yeah i'm uh, i have wanted to write a book on leadership for a very long time and i haven't been able to narrow it down because there are about four to five leadership books that are published daily so i thought well what can i say that will mean anything different to anybody else like do i have any additional insight that the rest of the world and the rest of the people who write about leadership and talk about leadership have? And the answer is yes, I do. And I, the title of my book today is Unflappable Leadership, Character Lessons Learned from Climbing Mountains, because I believe I've learned the most from climbing mountains about myself, about other people, and the hardest person to lead is yourself. So with every peak with every summit, with every journey to a summit, and not all climbs have ended at the summit. But I've learned just as much from the journey that I have as uh, reaching the summit. So it's about character, because I believe character um, is really important in leadership. And um, I have used, I created my own little terminology, leadership uh, leadership without, uh, no, uh, influence without character is dead-end leadership. So a leader could be influential, either influential in a good way and influential not in a good way. And But the character is what makes it a solid leadership, someone that you would be willing to follow. And it would be easier to follow because you know that that leader is about you, not about he or she. So it's, uh, but it's, it's um, I've pulled together 10 different climbing stories over my lifetime, starting in 1977. 
ending. The last story was in 2019, but um, I'm pretty vulnerable in the, the book too, because I talk about my mistakes. I talk about blunders that I've done. And I think that's going to be insightful for people who read this. It's not about me. It is about me, but it's about addressing some of the things that I deem are important in the, the, the path toward leadership development. Well, and one of the things that's delightful about you is when you talk to your clients, it's like, look, don't make the mistakes I've made in this book. Look, here, so here's a book listing off the mistakes I've made. Go make different ones and then teach me, <laughs> right? And that's the thing that you and I definitely connected on was, you know, we both have that philosophy of, look, I may be coaching you now, but don't, don't think that in a couple of years you aren't going to be coaching me on something different. We're both very much servant leaders in that way. So, uh, Dr. Kessler, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there a place that people can go to look up more about you or learn more about you? Sure. Um, a good place to start would be my website, which is www.renekessler.com. And that'll give you some pretty good insight as to the programs that I offer and, and um, topics that I can speak about and, and so forth. So um, I'm happy for people to visit and reach out. I'd okay. love to connect with people out there. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a delight having you. And th this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. And I just want to remind you, keep your feet firmly planted on the ground while you're reaching for those stars. And just keep stretching and keep stretching and know there are people around you that are willing to help you get to where you want to go. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at janinebolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the8gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.